Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm actually really excited for this episode. A lot of you have requested doing more episodes with dads. And so I have one of my favorite dads on the podcast today who also is my cousin. And so I'm super excited for you guys to meet Nathan. He's here visiting me from California. So introduce yourself really quickly. Hey everybody. I'm Nathan. I am Leah's cousin and I'm excited to be here and talk about homeschooling learn about homeschooling and talk about some of my experiences when I homeschooled. Yeah. So we're going to cover a lot today, but before we do, I want to tell you our story because I just love telling this story. I don't know if you like telling the story as much as I like telling it. Cause I just think it just, it's a demonstration of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and things coming together and working for good. And that's what he promises us. And so um, Nathan is more like my brother than my cousin. We're very close but we, we didn't grow up close. Um, and we have kind of, uh, do we call it a weird family triangle? I don't even know what to call it. It's It's unique. It's very unique. That's a good word for it. So Nathan is my biological cousin, but he was adopted and we Mm -hmm. had an open adoption, a semi-open adoption. So long story short, my uncle was stationed Mm -hmm. overseas and interrupt me if I get any of this story, No, it's it's fine. (laughs) but he was stationed overseas in Japan met a Japanese woman. She got pregnant. They had a baby and quickly realized that they were not capable at that stage in life of raising, Mm -hmm. raising the child. So over in the United States, my mom was a therapist at a church. It was a very large church and the worship pastor, tell me if I get any of this wrong, the worship pastor and his wife had one child, but they were struggling to get pregnant with another child. And they still wanted to have, you know, increase their family. And Mm -hmm. so my mom walked into his office, which I think was super bold, yeah. and said, This is our situation. My brother has this baby. At that time, how old were you? Two. Two. Um, would you and your wife consider adopting this child and also letting me be a part of this child's life, essentially still be this child's aunt? And your parents went home and prayed about it. Mm-hmm. And then within a day, they had decided, mm-hmm. yes. And so what was so crazy is that our entire life, we grew up together, but my uncle and my cousin, they never met until my wedding. That was the first time that y'all met was at my Mm -hmm. wedding. And so um, Nathan's always been my cousin. His parents are my aunt and uncle. um, And he was very close with my mom. My mom passed away. And I can honestly say my mom loved Nathan more than she loved me. (laughs) Oh, well, she she was like, she was like, well. I've heard that before, but she did love Leah. She just, uh, she, I've heard she had a soft spot for me and she was a great aunt. She, she called me all the time and was very interested in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I owe her a lot in terms of our relationship. So I see that jokingly, but yeah. it's so true. Like Nathan, like she would go out of her way to just do whatever for Nathan. And so, I mean, tell she, them, tell she them would love, she, she would love knowing we were doing a podcast together right now. I mean, can it. you imagine? She yeah. would be so happy. She'd be so, in the of she, well, yeah, she'd be telling us what to say. <laughs> but she was like, like, I remember you were really into skateboarding 
Mm-hmm. And my mom was really good friends with a professional skateboarder. I'm not a skateboarder. It was Stefan Janowski. Yeah, his mom. And with his mom. And so my mom ended up getting you like a signed board and like you got to meet him mm-hmm. and arrange all this stuff. So she would just like go out of her way and she just loved Nathan. So when she passed away, it was really hard on Nathan and it was really hard on me. And Nathan flew out for the funeral. And something happened that week where I think we just really bonded over that loss. Mm-hmm. And we became really close. Like we, we never talked before. We know we'd see each other at, you know, holidays or gatherings or whatever, but it wasn't like there wasn't this closeness. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in our thirties. Mm-hmm. We're both entrepreneurs. We are, we're in the midst of kids. Yeah. Our kids are inside. We don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Cody though. They're okay. They're good. But anyway, I wanted to have Nathan on because number one, he is a dad. And I know a lot of you have requested, Hey, let's hear more from the guys. Um, but Nathan's kind of at a crossroads of really trying to decide is homeschooling the right route for them. And so lots of questions, we've had lots of side discussions. Um, and so kind of, first of all, like tell, yeah, let's just like, tell me why you're considering this and like what, what's led you to like, maybe this is what we need to do. Yeah. So my, my wife is a nurse and, uh, I'm self-employed. Uh, I have several e-commerce websites, so we both have pretty flexible schedules and, uh, this is how it's been ever since we started dating. And even when our kids were younger, we pretty much had these schedules that were so flexible. We could travel whenever we wanted and, uh, we weren't confined to a certain kind of schedule. And when our kids went into uh, preschool and they call it TK in California, uh, we were confined to a schedule now and our lifestyle just wasn't used to that. And we had to make some big adjustments. And uh, we know that homeschooling would allow us to travel more like we used to and have that lifestyle where we can get up and go when we want. We have a, a camper van that sometimes we'll just hop in and decide last minute to go somewhere. The area of California that we're in has some pretty cool places to see, uh, but we've had to change our life and it's not so ideal now with with the way that we kind of do things. And so that was the main thing is just the flexibility that homeschooling could afford us. And basically also being in, in California, the government does have a lot of influence on the children's education directly. And we would like to be more aware of what information is, is being given to our students because now we have an idea of it based on the homework, but it's still overall, we're not sure what's what's going on. But I'd say the the biggest thing is just, yeah, how, how to figure out how we can go back to our old lifestyle where we, we travel with flexibility and still give our kids a good education. And also I want to point out too, that right now, Nathan has his two daughters in a Montessori school, mm-hmm. which is there's, they're actually in a charter. I did not know this, but California has Montessori charter schools, which mm-hmm. still blows my mind that that's an option, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Y'all have heard me say before that I love Montessori and Nathan and I were talking earlier I've had a lot of friends who've had kids in Montessori, probably three or four now, who it's really great for preschool, kindergarten, first, second, but then by about third, they just don't feel like it's as challenging for them when it comes to like reading and, you know, arithmetic and things like that. And so for those younger years though, it's so awesome because it teaches independence. It Mm -hmm. teaches working together as a team. I mean, even since Ashton has been here and she's been interacting with my kids, I can absolutely see Montessori. how she's problem solving and how she's, it's so sweet and so precious. Um, so right now Ashton's going half a day, right? She goes half a day. And then sister is also there Mm -hmm, half half a day. day. Um, and then mom who's Meredith, who is my cousin-in-law, sister-in-law, she's homeschooling at home, Mm -hmm. kind of trying to integrate this and scene. So the other thing that I need to point out too, is that Ashton is gifted. She's on the 
I mean, you've never had like an official whatever for her, but she's just, she's just that kid. Like y'all have met them before where they're just, they're a whole other level of intelligence. And you're just like, you're going to be some sort of something like (laughs) rocket scientist or engineer. I don't know. But you can even just see when she's talking, the cylinders firing in her brain. It's so fun to watch her put things together. So um, that's something else I want to point out about your story, because I do think that makes your situation a little bit different because you have to factor that in that you are dealing with a gifted. I hate to use the word gifted. No, but she is, yeah. I mean, she is, but I mean, you know, people are like, don't label kids or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she's just, she's got, you know, she's got a little something extra there that I think cultivated and nurtured, it's going to turn into great things. And it already has been great for her. Okay. So the other thing that I want to be more specific on is that y'all need to know that these people travel. Like he kind of just, you kind of just brushed over <laughs> like how many trips have you been on since January? I, I mean, prior, <laughs> well, okay. Prior to them being in school, we, are, we probably averaged um, a trip every other week yeah, and for now, as long as I know. I'm talking like, not like, let's go to the museum 30 minutes away. We're talking like, well, let's get on an airplane. Yeah. 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 Which is awesome. So why have you not looked into road schooling? You guys should become road schoolers. <laughs> well, maybe that's what you should I'm here do. To learn. You I'm have here an to learn. e-commerce business. Yeah. You, we get to talk about this. Okay. So travel is a big thing. And, you know, I was telling Nathan earlier that kindergarten, preschool, it's not going to be that big of a deal, but as you get older, the money does follow the child. And if the child's not there, they're going to crack down on that. And so then you're kind mm-hmm. of a slave to summer we both don't like going places when it's super crowded. Mm-hmm. You're more used to it because you're in California, but yeah. you'd prefer to do things like off season De- or on a non-busy yes. time. Um, okay. And then knowing more of what they are learning, which I agree about. So let's talk about concerns that have come up because you're not like quite sold on homeschooling. Mm-hmm. It's not, you haven't thrown it out, but there's still concerns. So let's talk about the first concern that you had. So the concerns we have, as Leah mentioned, we've been testing kind of homeschooling on the side when they come home after their half day. What's that look like? Like, are you doing like, like, tell me we, what, like curriculum or Sure. Whatever. We get like workbooks from the internet that are just open source ones. We don't follow any, any kind of specific curriculum, uh, but just different uh, workbooks and specific uh, studies on information we want them to learn that is in the subject matter that we're looking for. So if it's animals, it's uh, we look online, Google, some workbook about animals and whatnot. So that's what we've been doing. And some of the concerns that has arisen with us is that as we've dived into homeschooling them, uh, we've noticed that like, it's hard to separate, at least for us, the parent to daughter relationship versus the teacher to student relationship. Those things were starting to intertwine. And uh, there was, you know, I think there were things that our kids would say to us like, no, I don't want to do that. They would never say to a teacher. And if we were to do something like go full-time with homeschooling, you know, how would we combat that? Yeah. I think that that is really valid. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you my opinion. Okay. That's fine. He does it anyway. So it's like, are we going to still be friends after yeah. this podcast? No, we will. Okay. So as I'm listening to you, a couple of things are, are coming across my mind. One is I'm wondering if Ashton is just not a worksheet girl. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing that's so great about homeschooling is that you really get to tone into your child's learning style. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remember, and this is what I had to remind myself for the first two years, is that how we homeschool is not necessarily a duplication or a model of what we grew up in as far as public school goes. Mm-hmm. And one thing we did not mention is that 
your girls are literally surrounded by educators. Mm -hmm. Like we went all the way around. So Meredith's parents, both were teachers, Mm -hmm. excellent teachers in the public school system for 30 plus years. Right. Mm -hmm. Your mom educator. I mean, she does piano lessons. Mm -hmm. She's been teaching. She homeschooled you, which we're going to talk about that too. Mm -hmm. And then your dad is a pastor. So he's teaching people, educating people in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is really easy to think like, okay, let's get a workbook, do a worksheet, because that's how we grew up on. Mm-hmm. We grew up with worksheet, worksheet, wor- worksheet. And one of the things that I've realized in my homeschool is that, I mean, we do, of course, our traditional math and things like that. But when it comes to other things, we're really not doing a lot of workbooks or worksheets. It's very hands-on. It's visual. It's projects. So like right now in Texas history, for example, we're reading about what we're learning about. And then the kids are making this really cool interactive notebook mm-hmm. so that they're like designing as we go through it. And because yeah. they're almost doing art while yeah. they're listening, it's they're retaining it better mm-hmm. than a worksheet that might just be like a robotic whatever. Now, Ashton might thrive with worksheets and I could be totally off base saying this, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth exploring a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like what is her best learning style? Is she better project-based? Mm-hmm. Is she better... Um, you know, watching things visually and then repeating back to you to make sure she got it. Like, does that make sense a little bit what I'm saying? Yeah, that's actually a really good point now that I think about it, because Ashton, one of the things with Montessori, if you're not familiar with that form of education is, is they aren't like just, there's not a chalkboard with a bunch of chairs and you're sitting and watching the teacher right on the chalkboard and you're learning from that. It's very hands-on and I've seen her excel in that Mm -hmm. way. And you're right. uh, You know, the things we do at home have always been Mm -hmm. worksheet based and that's what we know. Right. Right. And so uh, even just my exposure to Montessori so far, the non-traditional education where mm-hmm. she's hands-on, uh, I've been seeing her the, her natural skills come out. And um, yeah, you're right. I should, you know, that's something we can look at and um, try, yeah, try doing some more hands-on learning. And there's so many, and I and I think like you have to try different things. Like yeah. one thing we have just learned about Reagan. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to figure out Reagan because she actually does like sitting down and doing like little worksheets. Yeah but the girl loves books. Like she loves books. And so one of the curriculums that we're doing with her is called beautiful feet. Mm -hmm. And the concept is living books. Have you heard of this term before? Mm -hmm. So a living book basically means instead of having a a textbook and worksheets that you do every day or a workbook, you have books that have to do with the subject. So like right now we're doing Mm character-based. So I have this curriculum gives me a list of all these books to get to the library from the library that are all character-based books. So I'm trying to think of books you would have heard of before. Um, What's that one? The last stop on Market Street. Did you guys ever get that? I'm sure you've had it. Meredith has gotten it, I'm sure. But it's all these books. And then you go through and ask them questions Mm -hmm. at the end of it. So it's more like discussion based instead of like, let's fill out this worksheet. And early on in my homeschool, I did a lot of like, I would buy worksheets off of the internet and print Mm -hmm. them out for Lincoln. And I just really realized that it was busy work Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a good use of our time where I really, because I had to ask myself, what was the end goal? And the end goal was that I wanted to raise someone's really awesome husband. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, I had to ask myself, yeah. like priority number one, I want you to be sure. a good husband to someone. That's a, yeah. And then, you know, priority number two, I want you to know how to critically think. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you to just take what I'm giving you. I want you to ask questions and know why you're asking questions yeah. and not in a disrespectful way, but mm-hmm. that might be something that you and Meredith do is maybe you need to sit down and just say homeschooling or not, uh-huh. what is the end game for our children? Mm-hmm. What is the end game? Do we want her to be a rocket scientist or do we want her to be a good person? Or do we, you know, what do we, what do we want? And then once you have that narrowed down, I think it's really easy to figure out how do we navigate this? Mm-hmm. I would much rather have a child that knows how to 
you know, show compassion or empathy or, and not that you aren't doing those things because Ashton is very empathetic, mm-hmm. but I think we can get so worked up over these worksheets and like, does that make sense what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. And that's a great idea. And that's something that will, that I, I think we should look into, but to bring it back around to the beginning. Uh, and I think that'll help her to not, she, you know, my daughter will get frustrated and we try to work with her like a parent would. Um, I guess my question to you would be, do you, do you still have a parent to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your son or daughter relationship while you're teaching? Or do you kind of turn that off and it turns into teacher to student? Or is it like a mix of the two? I mean, how do you handle that? Do you have to kind of have a different relationship during that time period? Then you turn it back to parent to kid or? No, I am mom, but we have Uh, good cop, bad cop. So let me explain what we do. So I think, so one of the things that, that Nathan is saying, and, and every homeschooler has experienced this is you will have days where you literally want to pull your hair out because they are not cooperating. That's what I'm hearing you say, where they're just like, this is your work. And they're like refusing to do it, or they have a bad attitude about doing it. Okay. I don't, I have not found that there's like this button where I can turn on teacher mode because I'm always mom. And I'm, and I think one of the values that Cody and I established early on is that we wanted to have a lifelong love of learning and an environment of learning. So my whole philosophy is that learning doesn't just take place from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Learning is 24-7 at our house. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever an opportunity, like I missed an opportunity today with the erosion. So we have some erosion at our house <laughs> and we borrowed a friend's tractor. I should have totally had the kids out there and we could have explained it to them. Like that was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I try to look for things like that because sure. there's you're learning everywhere with you owning a home-based business. Mm-hmm. And even with Meredith being a nurse, like mm-hmm. I'm sure she comes home with crazy stories. Like yeah. Learning is, is all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't find that like I flip on now I'm your teacher. Now I'm not. It's just that this is our, our environment of learning. This is what we're going to do. However, there are some days where homeschooling is not working and I want to pull my hair out. So what has worked for Cody and I, and we also both work from home. So maybe this will work for you is mm-hmm. that we play good cop, bad cop. So I will say to them, listen, if we can't get our work done, you're going to have to go out with dad in his office. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like Cody is some like horribly mean person, but they're bored to death out here. Like they literally have to sit at a desk and finish their work. They can't participate in the activities we're doing. They can't. And so you would think that like I've sentenced them to prison <laughs> going yeah. out to dad. So, um, but that was something that we established that we realized was, I mean, someone once told me, know your kid's currency know your kid's currency for Lincoln. He does not want to be left out. So for Lincoln, like we, we know his currency, his currency is being around people. He's very social. So Mm -hmm. if we remove him from that, then life is over for him. Like, so, you know, so I think you need to know what her currency is. Mm -hmm. And this is where you have to remember that yes, your teacher, yes, your mom, but there's an expectation. And so maybe also, you know, with Ashton setting the expectation of, okay, it's eight o'clock. We're going to sit down and we're in a school from eight until 10. And then give her some control. Ashton, what subject do you want to start with first? These are the subjects we have to get done, but Mm. which one do you want to start with first? Mm. That's something that has really worked in my homeschool. There's some things I like to do first. Like we like to do our read aloud at the beginning and Mm. Bible first. But like when it comes to math and language arts, I give them control. Which one do you want to do next? Mm -hmm. We have to get these done, but which one do you want to start with? Mm. And then they feel more in control. Yeah. So I also... I hate to say this, but just as being a parent, I read somewhere that you have to correct a child 87 times on a concept before it sticks. And so the other thing I would say is just keep going, mm-hmm. just 
keep going and maybe make a little tally mark. <laughs> you can have on the table, little pencil marks and <laughs> 87. And I mean, I hate that, but it's true. Like I find that with cleaning their room, I find that with, um, discipline in some of their schoolwork or whatever, like it, it takes repetition with kids mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. And I wish I had a magic pill for you, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I, that's one of the things about, I was talking about Montessori earlier, but it's part of that. Um, system is that it's self-directed learning. So they go to an area and there's different learning stations and they self-direct as to what they want to start with. Now, if they're, you know, deficient in a certain area, the teachers can encourage them over to that. And eventually they will have to do it, but to get them going, they get to start what they want to do. And I've, again, I just don't know why I haven't tried that at home, but yeah, maybe letting her get a start in the area she wants to, and then moving on to some of the stuff that she doesn't prefer. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. maybe in her little brain, she's like, this is what we do at school. Yeah. Why isn't this at home? And mom and dad are expecting me to do, you know, whatever. So I think setting the expectation, but yeah, giving her a little bit of control of, okay, which one do you want to start with? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's a great idea. Okay. So do we feel like we covered that? Yes. Yeah. We feel There's better. Good ideas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll try that. We should have like a um, six month follow up. (laughs) Okay. So what was the next concern that you had? Well, this concern comes from when I homeschooled and when I homeschooled, this was in the nineties. So understand. And I homeschooling was different then. Um, Every homeschooler I met at that time, not to give into the stereotypes, but back in the nineties, all the, and I met other homeschoolers, we were different. And I say we, cause I was different. Um, And my mom, she did a great job doing what she could she there weren't as many you know things like co-ops and it wasn't just as common at least where we lived in colorado at the time and um and i only homeschooled for just over two years and that was fifth and sixth and then i went into seventh grade and i remember the first day of class the teacher went around and told everyone hey say something that you enjoy doing that you find interesting and when kids like i play football and then other girls like oh i I'm on cheer and I do this and people had different hobbies and interests. And so, Oh, well, uh, what do you do, Nathan? Well, I collect coins and I collect silver bullion and I look for rare years. And to me, like, again, I was just living my truth, which is fine, but it was kind of like, I remember everyone turning and looking at me and I thought did something, I said something that wasn't normal. Right. And so there were just like little social things that I wasn't aware of because I homeschooled and I wasn't around as many kids. And again, I wasn't any co-op or anything. I was just me and my mom and my brother and she homeschooled us. So I would get exposure to people uh, at church. And then sometimes when we were, we go to the park or something, but that was about it. And it took me a bit of time to come back around socially. And I didn't even think I was any different until I was around, like, I don't want to say normal kids, but more kids who were adjusted to the system, if you will. And so I did seventh grade, ended up leaving and homeschooling for eighth grade, and then going back into high school uh, as a freshman out of homeschool. So obviously I did kind of get back into like, oh, here's how you act or whatever. But I don't, I just would worry that about that happening to my kids. I know things are different today with co-ops and with uh, homeschooling has become way more popular. I know with people like myself that we're, you know, self-employed e-commerce businesses, we can just be at home with our kids while we're working. So you know, it's not like people have a certain prerogative for homeschooling. It's just uh, more convenient, more time with your kids. So I'm curious to see how today that is, how it's changed since the 90s. 
And what do you think about that? Okay. So I, I need some, I have a clarifying question. Sure. Mm-hmm. So when I'm listening to you, are you more concerned about like, you don't want them to get made fun of, or like when you go back to you and, and saying like you collected coins and, and bullion and, and I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like, how cute is that? Like, that's so cute. And obviously probably the kids in your grade were maybe more like video games or yes. whatever. So what, I don't know. I guess I don't see how that's a bad thing. Go deeper for that, for me, for that. Like, what are you, like, when you think about your girls in that same situation, you're worried about them being made fun of, or like, what are you, what are you worried I, about? I'm, I'm worried about them feeling the way I felt. I didn't feel like I was normal. I felt like I didn't know how to act. And prior to that, I didn't know anything was wrong because I lived in this bubble. Right. And once I got back into school, it was like, oh, I'm not normal. And I, again, I'm just saying, this is just the way I felt. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's the way I felt. And no kids weren't making fun of me. Um, and I developed friendships, but I could just tell, you know, I still got to know people. I was a pastor's kid. I was always meeting new people. We moved a lot. Uh, but I know how I felt on the inside and I don't want my kids feeling that way, I guess. Uh, I almost wonder though, like, Okay. So I look at the, I look at the nineties and let's be very clear. Like I'm not coming on and saying like, go on this. I think the whole self-love thing personally is very toxic (laughs) and not biblical. We could do another whole other episode on that, but I'm, but there wasn't, when we were growing up, there wasn't a focus on confidence. There wasn't a focus on being true to who you are. There wasn't a focus on like, even like tonight, like you were sharing with me at dinner, one of the things that you guys do um, is that if the kids don't like something, they're not allowed to say, I don't, I don't like fish. <laughs> yeah. They have to say, what do they have to say? I'm, I'm, I'm learning to, I'm I have, learning to like, I'm this learning to like this still. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even like our parents would have never said that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's also this bigger self-awareness about the words that we say, mm-hmm. how we talk. Um, and also more of a conscientious, like, like any, any mom listening to this right now, and you might not be able to relate to this as a dad, but mm-hmm my mom was not careful with the words about her body around mm-hmm. me. Yeah. There just wasn't, and it wasn't, it's not to her fault. I just think culturally she just didn't know that, that what that mm-hmm. would lead to for me mm-hmm. as a teenager and as adult, where now as a 37 year old woman with a five-year-old and a seven-year-old daughter, I am hyper aware of the words I'm saying about my mm-hmm. body in front of my girls. Mm-hmm. So I don't, me personally, when you share that story, I don't necessarily think it's about like, Let's let's make them so they can fit in with everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's more let's make them confident so they know how to respond. Because here's the thing, Nathan, I think that it's going to get socially awkward. It's not going to be because of homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we have all these kids behind screens. Yeah, like we have to look at that too. Like mm-hmm. that's and this is just my opinion. You don't have to agree with it, mm-hmm. but when we were growing up, we had to talk to people. Mm-hmm. We we didn't go home and just text people mm-hmm. or get behind a computer. You had to call someone on the phone and talk to them. Our kids don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So if anything, like I'm going to have my friend Danny on, on the podcast in a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about teaching kids how to communicate and creating communicators and confident communicators, mm-hmm. because I think that's going to give them an advantage when they grow up. Yeah. Um, but I almost wonder if you need to have a shift in your brain Mm-hmm. And I say this lovingly, but I'm because <laughs> you're comparing the nineties to, I mean, the world yeah. has just changed. Mm-hmm. It's changed. And so is it more so do you raise Ashton? Do you want to raise her to fit in to what's happening? Or do you want to raise her to be herself, but then have the, maybe the tools, mm-hmm. like maybe that's it is that you were true to yourself with the bullion and the coins and that's what you loved, yeah. but maybe you just didn't have the tools to know, you know, 
this isn't anything I'm doing wrong. They just don't know about this hobby or they don't, mm-hmm. they weren't exposed to this because of whatever reason or whatever. Does that, does that make sense what it I'm does. saying? It does. You know, yeah. do you want to add anything? No, I just, and, and I am aware mm-hmm. that the times have changed. And to be honest, I could personally see a, a shift and I, I think it is shifting the view of homeschoolers back in the nineties. People were just less accepting of differences yeah. in general, like across the board. Right. Yeah. If you were different, people didn't care. They called it out and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and today it's more, people are more accepting of different It's It's like things mainstream. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, and, I, and, and in the age of social media, I think that maybe even kids that are in traditional school will see some of these kids, like if we ended up homeschooling, going on these trips, seeing the world, learning the way that they learn best. And it, there could be a complete cultural shift in where that becomes something that you aspire for, yeah. you know, you know, so yeah. again, I'm just, it's, it's a concern because it happened to me yes. and I don't know how it is today, but I'm here to learn. And I, it's, it, it excited me when you told me about how I never knew about co-ops or anything. Yeah. Um, so when you told me about co-ops and how they operate and the, the parents get together and the yeah. kids get together. And so you still have that uh, social structure, even mm-hmm. as they're learning, I found that to be fascinating. And I think that addresses that issue that I had. I just didn't see other kids. And when I did rarely see kids, it was like some homeschooling kids that were in the ultra religious community who were homeschooled because their parents were afraid to let them see the world (laughs) through anything but their lenses. Right. Right. So it was different. And I I definitely understand that. And um, I don't know, we'll see. That's just, that was just my experience. So it's something that's on my mind, but uh, I think there's more things to combat that with today than there used to be. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think like we can take our experiences. So like you can take that experience and you can kind of think, okay, if my daughters are in this situation, Mm -hmm. how can I help them navigate this best so that they respond to it better than I did? And not that you didn't do it well, it's just, you didn't have the tools. I always think of like a toolbox, like what tools do I need to give to my kids? Um, And I sometimes think about that too, because I have a different kid. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know other 10 year olds that are as into Elvis as my child is, you know? So I recognize that he's different. And so sometimes I worry about like, will he get made fun of? I mean, I think it's just being a parent, like you worry, like, you know, and it's, and sometimes it's hard for him to make, um, guy friends, his age, really close guy friends, because he just doesn't have the same hobbies. Like Mm -hmm. he's, I mean, again, it's it's Elvis. So if you're listening, you have a 10 year old who's into Elvis, please message me (laughs) so we can get them connected. But, um, But yeah, and I think the other thing that's crazy about homeschool, Nathan, is that there is no manual for this. Mm -hmm. And you said it like you did homeschool in the 90s, but it's completely different. Mm -hmm. It's completely different. And, you know, when I was in school, traditional school, homeschoolers were weird. Mm -hmm. Like we had a group that came to our church and I thought they were awkward. They were weird. They were wearing denim jumpers. (laughs) Um, And then also their parents kept them very isolated. And Mm -hmm. I think that's another shift in homeschooling now is that homeschoolers today aren't isolating their children. Mm -hmm. Some are, but if anything, it's like, see the world. Mm -hmm. And so what my kids have exposure to is a lot more than, than I think what was happening in the nineties. Cause you had even said like, you would just be at home and go to church, be at home, go to church. And like, that's what you did. Um, and now it's just so, so different. And you live in such a larger city than I do. I guarantee you there's at least 10 Mm co-ops in your city and you'll find the right fit for you. That's got the, you know, all the stuff that you want. So I think it's all valid. Okay. So, and then the other thing I'll just touch on that, because we had kind of talked about like social awkwardness, Mm -hmm. like as a generalized statement, I really also had to come to terms with like, why is it important to me that I want my kids to fit in with their peers? And when I'm seeing, and it's not that it's not everyone, but when I'm seeing 
what peers looks like, <laughs> you know, what, what, like the average, like, let's take the 10 year olds, the average 10 year old in America, yeah. what that looks like. It's not something that I'm striving for my kids. No if I can be really honest, mm-hmm. you know, the average 10 year old, what's coming out of their mouth. I was just listening to a podcast today and the podcaster was saying that a recent survey just came out that 50% of 10 to 12 year olds have experimented with drugs already. Wow. 50%. That Yikes. blew my mind. Yeah. So I also had to have this like reckoning with myself of like, I don't want my kids to be the normal, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, I remember having that struggle in high school and junior high and wanting to fit in, but like, I don't, I don't necessarily want them to fit yeah. in. I understand. Yeah. You know, so yeah. things to think about. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. What was the the next concern that you had? Oh, this is more of a minor concern, but it's still a concern that I'm not sure, and I would hope that we would have the time to do this, but they're, as they progress in learning, they're going to get to the point where they're starting to learn things that I've already forgotten, right, from when I was in school. And I just, I don't have the time currently to have to relearn these subjects and then teach it to them. And I I just, it's a time thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think, and, and again, I would kind of rather have a professional do it then myself, I'd probably even be second guessing. I just relearned this. Am I even teaching it right to them? So how do you have the confidence? And and I'm and Leah's very intelligent, but you know, how do you find the time, A, and the confidence in knowing that what you have relearned that you're teaching them correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number one, I'm not as smart as you are. Okay. Let's be clear. Um, he's very smart. You have like five degrees and like, oh yeah, you do. Okay. And he's a veteran. Like you guys, he's done everything. Successful businesses. He's amazing. Okay. Thank you. So <clears throat> I think a couple things. One is at some point you, you might want to do what I call outsourcing. Mm-hmm. So like we're exactly at that point with Lincoln. He is about to go into seventh grade math and I'm at the same place from like, I don't remember these things about these angles. <laughs> and you're like, why are we teaching this if we don't remember it? But that's a whole other, a whole other podcast, but uh, just absolutely. So we had started on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We found there's this guy called math with Mr. J and God bless math with Mr. J. He makes these awesome videos and I'll literally Google like Pythagorean theorem mm-hmm. math with Mr. J and he has a video on it. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. But now what we were realizing is that the amount of time it would take me to go through and like check all of his work and make sure that it's right. It's just not, it's not working for our situation mm-hmm. with teaching the other two girls. So this year we decided to outsource math. So I'm going to be paying for him to do basically it's like a 20 huh. minute class every day. Yeah. And then he has work that has to get submitted and it gets graded digitally. Huh. And I'm not necessarily looking for a grade, but I just want to make sure that he's getting the concepts right. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, I mean, it was getting time consuming yeah. to have to go through and check everything, make sure. And the other thing that's, that's hard with Lincoln is that he can figure out things in his head without showing the work but I want him to show the work because I want him to know how he got mm-hmm. to that place. Cause I think you have to be able to explain things to people and whatever. So that was a problem. So it's probably, I think it's $380 a course, mm-hmm. which in the big picture to me is worth it. Like, I think that's fine. So that's one option. And the other thing is too, it's not like I'm some curriculum I do, right. But I love it. You know, I'm passionate about yes. it. Like I'm writing Texas yeah. history right now. I love it. But for the most part, you can buy turnkey curriculums. So like, for example, their language arts curriculum that I use, it literally has check boxes of what we do each day. Mm-hmm. And then their history curriculum, that is very self-led that Lincoln does. He reads the chapter, there's questions, there's a, um, a timeline that he completes. Sometimes he has to write an essay. 
and I'll look over the essay, but really anything that you don't want to do, you can outsource. Mm -hmm. And there's box curriculums that you can buy that everything is there. We have friends that do a Becca. And so they, their mm -hmm. kids do the video learning. You also can outsource it at co-ops. So like our co-op is elective driven, mm -hmm. but the one that we did before they had core subjects. So Lincoln for one year did history there and I didn't have to do history at home. They have math at those. So yeah. I have friends that do math at their co-ops mm -hmm. because the parents don't want to do it. So the ones that you're excited about, like Cody loves doing science with the kids. And so maybe there's one you're excited about. And then also for the time, Nathan, we're done every day. Like we start at seven. The girls are usually done by nine and Lincoln's usually done by, let's see here, seven, eight, nine. He's done by like 1130. Okay. So it's not, <laughs> it's not like this. Like night, because you don't have the transitions. Yeah, exactly. you don't have like, is everyone here? And then Ashton, did you learn this? Great. Now we're going to move on. Make sure you know this concept. I'm not having to wait for 30 other kids to get a concept before I can move mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of things we family teach. So with the girls being a little kind of close in age, you could do family subjects. So like, as a family, we do science together. Uh, we do. They do have different histories, but like Reagan will tag on with Kennedy's history. So you can do things together. Their core subjects they can't because obviously they're different levels, but we do our family read aloud, we do Bible together. So you can do things together too. Yeah. I didn't know you could didn't know you could outsource. That's good. Yeah. Outsource <laughs> that, it. That I love that idea. That makes total sense. Yeah, the subjects matter that because I was always bad at math. I've always been more street smart than than book smart, but I would I would be outsourcing math for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was telling Nathan earlier, we have a community college that's 10 minutes up the road. So once Lincoln gets to high school math, I am going to dual enroll him. Now, if you've heard me on the podcast before, I am undecided about how I feel for college. I have a love-hate relationship with college. Um, and as an entrepreneur, Nathan probably has, has his own opinion, but um, you know, I want them to have that option. So my thought is dual enroll in high school. That way they have the credits already mm -hmm. and they don't have to do it again. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something like when he's you know 15, I can go with him or I can drop him off or he could probably do it online at this point. You could dual enroll through the college. So there's just a lot of options. It does get, I feel like it gets more intimidating when you think about high school, but when they're younger, yeah, lots of options. Okay. Do we cover that? Yeah, that's That's great. what I do. <laughs> no, you gave me a lot of great information to chew on and, and some things to talk about with my wife and the new ideas. And really, like you mentioned, things have changed since yeah. back in the day. I mean, there was no like electronic curriculum for each subject. And, and I've just noticed watching, um, Lincoln, you had some like Harry Potter themed, mm -hmm. uh, his science or something. Yeah. I, th I thought I've never even considered you can make learning fun and you can cater it to your child's interests, you know, and, yeah. and that would help them to learn. I, that's just stuff has changed so much that uh, I'm still being exposed through you to a lot mm -hmm. of these things. And like I said, it's been good for us to kind of be able to, since they're in half days, do some of this on yeah. the side and it helps address some of the concerns and some of the things that are benefits of it. So I appreciate yeah, talking to you and learning about all this stuff. I find it fascinating. The other thing that I was going to mention too, is that you have such an advantage because of the people around you, mm -hmm. like you have very hands-on grandparents. And so when we talk about outsourcing too, you know, you can go to Meredith's parents and maybe they'll say no, I don't know, but you could say, you could say, Hey, is there any way you would take on science this year? Mm -hmm. And when the girls are with you, cause science doesn't have to be done every day. They could do it for two hours on a Friday and get just as much information as they would an entire week. Um, and so you can give them the curriculum or if shoot their teachers, if they want to write it, they can do their own curriculum, but you have so many people in your life that love those girls that would be like, yes, we want to be a part of this. And I wish that, 
I wish we did that better in this country. Yeah. I know it's it's kind of like that village mentality of it takes a village to raise a family, but um, that's how they did it back in the day. And I think it's so healthy and it just exposes your children to just a lot of love. Um, the other thing I'll say is that if you guys transition into this, I think you will reclaim a lot of family time. And I know family is one of your top values. Um, I mean, it's God and then it's your wife and it's family. And so I know that about you. And so I really feel like you're going to feel just really validated knowing that you have that time with your kids. It can be really challenging. I would be lying to you if there weren't days where I'm like, I wish you were somewhere for eight hours today. (laughs) But again, you guys have a lot of family support. So you can be like, you're going to grandma's, (laughs) you know, or you could do whatever, but, um, but it's so rewarding. And I also think too, that being, having a front seat to your child's education and seeing for yourself, the progress that they make is, is really priceless. It really is. Yeah. Did we cover everything? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. And like I said, I learned a lot. And thank you to everyone else listening. Appreciate it. It was nice meeting you all. <laughs> we'll have you back on. It wasn't scary, oh, right? It was no, good. no, it's no problem. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for that conversation. I had a good time. And yeah, we'll have to do a follow-up episode yes, and yeah. see what did you decide. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next time.